0: All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, loving us, Lord. I thank you for um, just giving us purpose uh, in a life when we don't really um, sometimes feel like we have purpose or meaning or sometimes we feel like we've got so much going on that we don't know where we're supposed to be or going to be or anything else. And uh, Lord, I thank you for your word and uh, just the peace that it brings into our lives if we're just obedient enough to open it. And so... uh, Lord, I do pray that you would continue to um, just reveal to us individually and uh, corporately as a class just what is it that you're calling us to do uh, and that we would just really grab onto that, hold onto it, and do something with it. I uh, thank you for just everything that's going on at HBF this morning and has been going on this week. and. Uh, just a lot of people over working in the, the E-Wing and a lot of kids in and out and uh, new families. and I, I just pray that you are getting the glory for all of it, Lord. I pray that we as a class are ready uh, for uh, just the influx of people and everything that's going on. and I pray that you get all the honor uh, and the glory for all of it. I pray you speak to us today uh, as we kind of try to get our brains back to where we're going and uh, make sure that we're all on the same page as we uh, just get our marching orders and move on. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so I'm not even going to completely sugarcoat this. It's been an insanely busy week, and I am not ready to uh, get back into the family life study like I said we were going to be, right? We started HBI this week, which I thought I was ready for, and I wasn't completely. Uh, we had a wedding, uh, Friday night rehearsal, and then the wedding yesterday. Uh, there's just a lot going on, and it, those are all excuses for me not being completely ready, and so I... In God's providence, sitting down, uh, getting uh, ready for today, I think there's a reason for it uh, so that we all are uh, of one mind and one accord because we've kind of been bouncing around quite a little bit. I said we were going to teach Jonah, and then I'm like, oh, by the way, before we do that, we're going to jump into this thing called the Family Life Study uh, and, and start looking into it. And then we got a little bit into it, and I'm like, okay, time out real quick. It's Christmas time, so I'm going to do a little quick Christmas, uh, uh, you know series, whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, the first of the year came and I wanted to give you kind of a vision because I think God's really, I know He's given me vision and I pray that you guys are grabbing onto it. So the last two weeks we've talked about just the, the past point vision moving forward. Um, and so we are ready to jump back into the family life study because the goal is to get back, finish that up and roll back into the book of Jonah because the the family life study, what did God tell me to do in each of these areas, is what I wanted to make sure we had a firm hold on before we went into the book of Jonah. But it's been like so sporadic and so everywhere that I want to make sure that everyone is completely on the same page. And then God gave me something really cool just this week, and it kind of came all together uh, this morning. And it's like, there's a reason that God's doing what he's doing. And so uh, just real quick, uh, I told you guys way back, it must have been about the beginning of December, somewhere in there. We did kind of a review of where we were at with the family life study, right? And we had went through uh, the first two steps of that, which were, you know, following God and being a spouse. And I told you as we reviewed those things, hey, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you. If you're someone who does homework, I'm sure Meredith has this thing like completely done because I know Meredith is completely studious like that, you know. It's color coordinated probably yeah it is and so uh but but if you haven't had time to do this it's not because i want to give you work to do um because i understand life is busy um if you, i i get it but i do think this would be good for you and so this gives you one more week if it's something that you really do want to uh to do because I think it would be good for you. And so what I challenge you to do back uh, whenever it was that we did this review was go back through um, the seven things that were uh, listed in the following God section and then the, the six, seven things that were involved in the, the being a spouse section and just actually be honest with yourself and write them down and say, how am I doing here? Is this an area that I need to grow in? Is this an area that I feel like I am doing okay in? Here's why I think I'm doing all right. This is where I think God could grow me in this area. And so I'm going to uh, review those two uh, very quickly. I'm just going to read through them, basically. I'm not really going to review them because there is something I want to get to. And like always, we'll, we'll run short on time. So, uh, But anyway, the goal, before I get into that, uh, the goal is uh, after... Today we're going to get back into that family life study, and then there's four more sections. Uh, we'll start raising children next week. Uh, we will move from there to being involved in ministry. What is it that God wants me to do in being involved in ministry, uh, working in the world? What is it that God is calling me to do? Whether I'm a stay-at-home mom, whether I'm a, a working spouse or mom, whether I am, you know, whatever it is that God's called you to do, how do we do that? Godly. And how is God getting the glory for those things? That's the fifth one. And then the sixth one would be, uh, just what is it that God's calling me to do in my social life? Not just with my friends, but with the people at church and, uh, with just every, all the people that I interact with. And so all of those things, uh, will get us to right around the end of February. I really do have a, a goal to be done right about the end of February with that. And so that we'll, as we roll into March, we're gonna get back into the book of Jonah and we're gonna press forward uh, we're going to push pretty hard. And God's given me some things, and I'm going to reveal them as we go uh, as far as what the class can do uh, tangibly uh, to do some of these things. But right now I want to make sure that we've got them figured out in our life before I'm like, okay, now let's go out and work these things out because it's easy to say, Hey, let's go do it. But then you're like, do what? And so right now, this is the, what is it that we're going to do? And then we're actually going to go do it. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. So anyway, uh, very quickly, just the first part of this family life study was, uh, following God. What is it that God wants me to do with my life, uh, when it comes to following him? And the first one was just simply follow him, right? The first thing he said to his disciples was follow me. Well, obviously that's what I want to do. Jesus. He's like, okay, well, as you follow, you'll learn more. But if you don't ever just simply say, okay, yeah, I'll follow you, meaning I'm going to get in your book and see what you say, you're not really ever following, right? You can say I'm following Jesus, I'm coming to church, but if you're not actually following him, you're not really learning anything. You're not actually getting anything from him. So you've got to start there. You've got to follow him. The next one was you've got to abide in him. Uh, go back. if This is all recorded so you can go back and see exactly what I'm talking about as you take some time and, and evaluate yourself uh, as you do these things. Make, make sure you are evaluating yourself. You're not evaluating your spouse. You're not evaluating your friends. Or, man, I really think this person could grow in that. We're, evaluate you. I mean, you worry about you uh, and let them worry about them. God will fill in the gaps, okay? So you're going to follow him. You're going to abide in him. You're going to rest in him. A lot of times around here, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of rest that goes on. It feels like we run hard uh, everywhere we go, but you're going to rest in him. The next one, you're going to trust him. Uh, you know, when Jesus... Tells Peter, all right, you want to come out on the water? Come on. And it says that Peter walked on the water until what? Well, until he saw the circumstances. That's what we do. We can really have really strong faith in following Christ. But then it seems like we start to see the circumstances and it's like, oh, that's going to be too hard. Or, oh, there's no way to work with that. And we lose our faith. We lose our focus. And then we just don't trust him. And Peter starts to think, Jesus has to save him. It's the same. It's like the picture of our life. Hey, I'm doing something really spiritual. It's really awesome. And Jesus is like, yeah, I told you, you could do it. And then we start to see everything going on around us. And we're like, oh my gosh, well, what happens if this happens? What happens? If... And the next thing you know, you're sinking. And Jesus is like, all right, get up here. Let's start over. It's the same cycle in our lives. You got to trust him. Uh, the next one, you got to obey him. Uh, when he calls you to do something, uh, you actually got to do it. You can't just say, I'm going to do it, but you've got to do it. Um, because it's kind of like having kids. Your kids can tell you all the day long that they're going to clean their room or take out the trash or do the dishes, right? It seems to be the the thing around our house sometimes. I'm not talking about you last night, Brent, because I know you wrestled all day. But there's like a theme in our house, and it's like, man, we just... I didn't want him to feel like I was coming down on him. Man, do we just want to do what you said you were going to do? Like, you can tell me all the day long you're going to do it. Man, at some point you got to stinking do it, Right? Yeah, he at least made coffee. So when I went in, I was able to just, I'm like, I don't even care. He can do the dishes today after church. The fact that all I have to do is hit the button and the coffee is going to be made. It was like, hallelujah to you, man. It was great. Uh, uh, You got to obey him. You got to be past the point for him. You got to be to a point in your life where it's like, I can't go back to the old me. I'm only going to follow, right? And then the last one, you got to tell others about him. I'm not going to spend a ton of time reteaching this stuff. Go back and listen to it. There's a There's a point in what I'm doing here, though, okay? The next one was uh, being a spouse. We spent quite a bit of time on this, uh, coming in hot on you know the marriage retreat, and I think God's really going to do some things there. Brian has sent me uh, kind of the the teaching outline of, of what he's going for. I think it's going to be really good. Um, so talking about being a spouse, uh, I gave each, the husbands two things, the wives two things, the singles two things, and then one for everybody. So the first one, husbands, love your wives, right out of Ephesians chapter five. And then he's like, okay, in case you don't know what that means, because all guys are like, okay, yeah, I love my wife. He's like, uh, love your wives even as Christ loved the church, you know, and was willing to die for it. Are you willing to die for your wife? Because if you're not, I'm just saying. Okay, so wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Nobody likes to hear that. But you know what, ladies? Uh, this was really cool as I was getting ready for the wedding this past week. For as much as your husband is not really deserving of you submitting to him when you choose to do it you choose to say god's going to get the glory no matter what even if my husband is an idiot stick right the fact that when i choose to do it it convicts him but it gives god glory at the same time so that's what it says to do submit yourselves into your own husbands singles the first thing it says for you is to be not unequally yoked if you're going to uh, step out into the quote-unquote dating game or anything else, you better make sure that you're starting with somebody who is equally yoked. You know what that means. Um, the next one, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. doesn't mean that, oh, yeah, I live with her, but are you learning your spouse? Are you actively, like, when you were dating her, you were trying to find out the things that she liked so you could impress her. You were trying to learn the things that, like, made her... Uh, better and all those things but too often a husband says okay i've i've got her now and we we take our wife not figuratively or we do figuratively not actually but it's kind of like when we go out and and we hunt or we go out and we fish and we get that big deer right or you know whatever i used to hunt but i don't anymore uh and when we get the one that's just perfect what do we do it's like we we mount it on the wall and it's like i just want to keep it just like this forever that's what we do with our wife at times. We're like, yes, I've done all the work and I have captured her. Here's my prize. Well, guess what? She's constantly changing. So if you're not constantly changing, uh, guess what? It's not going to be good for you. You have to constantly be working and learning your wife according to knowledge. Wives, reverence your husband. You have to give him that respect and reverence because that's what God's called you to do. Singles, uh, Paul says, staying single is beneficial. If you can, you're going to have so much better time in, uh, ministry and all those things. But if you can't, that's okay. But that's what he tells you. And I just wanted to make sure I threw that in there. And then the last one, uh, as far as, uh, being a spouse was concerned is if everyone would just focus on you, the rest of the stuff usually works itself out. But it's when wives start saying, well, if my husband would just do this and when husbands start saying, if my wife will just do this, and if the marriage starts saying, if the singles would just do this, and if the singles start saying, I don't want to get married because they look like that. And, um, It just turns into a mess. If you just focus on what God told you to do and allow him to convict everyone else, we would be a lot farther along. Okay, so that was the first two. Take some time, go through, and evaluate yourself. I told you we're going to pick up next week on raising children, being involved in ministry, working in the world, and social life, right? Okay, so... To wrap up today, I want to very quickly because most people have heard this, and if you didn't hear it in person, I think you listened to it online. But uh, the past point vision for 2024 was this. It was two things. Who knows what it is off the top of your head? Love God, love people. That's not our group. I mean, that's usually a good shot to take, but. Man, it's like, he didn't really just say that. Everyone be and everyone bring. That's right, man. Everyone be and everyone bring. I will, in two minutes or less, explain what that means. Because I want to wrap this up with something that is uh, hopefully convicting to you. Everyone be. This is kind of like my rallying cry for this year. This is what God showed me when I was like, God, give me vision, not only for my life, but especially for Passpoint this year. This is what he gave me. He gave me two things. Everyone be. And what does that mean? Be what it is that God called you to be. Stop trying to be all of the things. Because when you try to be all of the things, none of the things get done. And you look like a fool doing it. I'm just saying, right? Um, be what it is that God called you to be. If God's calling you to be a better spouse this year, start there. If he's calling you uh, to be in the word more this year, do that. Whatever it is that he is saying, you fill in your name in the blank, be this. Then, man, do that well this year. Because if everyone will just find that one thing that God is saying to you, and it could be a a lot of different things, but whatever that one thing is that you're convicted about, because the Holy Spirit convicts you, right? It's not me. I've given you too many things to, to choose from for it to be me. Whatever it is, be that this year. And you know what? If you start to feel like I'm really doing a good job at that, then it might be time to say, okay, God, now what else do you want me to be? But right now, focus on one thing. If everyone in Passpoint... Would focus on just being what it is that God called them to be, that one thing. I feel like we're gonna, we're really gonna get some things done this year. And I'm not, I mean, again, it's not about numbers, not about anything else, it's just be. And then the second one is, everyone, hey, everyone bring. And again, uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to like, she was just trying to get a hold of you. Everyone bring. And you got your ears lowered. <laughs> It's going to yeah, it's not how that works though. So, everyone bring. And again, this isn't about having numbers and pass points. I honestly don't care. I like it when y'all are here uh, because we can laugh. It's really awkward making jokes when nobody laughs because there's only like three people. But when there's more people, at least somebody laughs. And uh, everyone bring. Um, find somebody who is affiliated with HBF, not affiliated with HBF. Maybe they're lost. I don't know. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your family. I don't know. Um, Whoever it is that God is like saying, hey, this is my one person that I'm convicted about this year. And I, I I gave you an example. I didn't give any names. I could probably list a dozen names off the top of my head without even really having to think of people who maybe show up twice a month. They're very uh, light, loosely connected is what we would call them. Uh, they feel like I'm at least going to church, but they're just not getting the benefits of what not so much what Passpoint, point, can, but what. What an ABF can offer them as far as the fellowship, the accountability, all those things. Whoever it is that God's just like, hey, there's this one person. If I would just invite that one person and just show them like, hey, you would really benefit from this. I mean, I go to it and it's not that bad. If, if we would just all reach out to just somebody and say, hey, that's my person this year. I just want to see them get connected. Right. I don't want them to just be loosely connected anymore. I want them to be bought in. Because I really believe that God has given this vision and this is what he's calling us to do. So if everyone will just be what it is that God called you to be this year. And if everyone will just, not just anybody, but whoever it is that God has convicted you. And hopefully by now, especially if you were here last week, you've written somebody down. You've got somebody on your heart that it's like, okay, I can't not go to them now. Because if I do, you know, if God has put somebody on your heart and you're like, man, I just don't really want to do it. um, You're going to feel really lousy. When at the judgment seat of Christ, God's like, hey, you remember that person? And I was like, hey, you really need to do this. And what happened there, man? You know, I'm just I'm just saying everyone be and everyone bring. But here's what God showed me this 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 week as I was reading in my daily reading. And it kind of all tied together because I know what you're thinking, because I know you because I am you. I'm busy. Life is hard. There's a lot of stuff going on. And you're thinking, that sounds good, right? Oh, yeah, it sounds great. We'll go do this. I'll be what God wants me to be. I'll, I'll bring people. It'll be great. It sounds great, right? But, but you're thinking, Jason, real life, it gets in the way. Real things happen, right? Obstacles happen. You know, like real obstacles. Uh, you know, uh, the kids get sick. All these things happen. I really can't be that involved because, you know, just stuff happens, right? Real problems We've got marriage issues. We've got, you know, children issues. We've got all these different things. It sounds good that you've got this vision and we're going to get a lot of things done, but you don't understand real life, real problems, real things. (coughs) So I'm not completely sure how this whole thing's going to work because it sounds good, Jason, but how is it going to work? Because you've had these things kind of before. I know what you're thinking because I've had these same things. I'm like, God, I know that that's what you're telling me to do. But life gets in the way. So here's something I read this week, and I was like, that makes total sense, because it's a story that I've even taught through in Past Points, and maybe you know where I'm going with this, kind of, but you don't completely, so don't check out. Uh, but I was reading through the book of Genesis, uh, and I got to the story of Joseph this week. And I love this, I love this story, like, so much, but, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you uh, basically it's the story of Joseph from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. Right. And uh, I've told you back when I taught this the first time I stole this outline from Tom Fort, Uh I've actually added to it since then, uh, which is OK, because that's what you do uh, at any good Baptist church is you take somebody's outline and you just refine it and you give them the credit and you move on. But um, as I was reading through this, Joseph kind of had some of the same type of things. God's like, hey, I want to use you. And he's like, I don't really know how that's going to work in my life. But yet, even through every single hard thing that any one of us would have been like, all right, I'm out, <laughs> peace out, this is not for me. Through every one of those things, he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to serve God. Even though uh, I don't really know how that's going to work, even though uh, it doesn't really seem like God is blessing it, it doesn't really seem like anything's really happening here. There's no traction, nothing's happening. You know what Joseph chose to do? I'm just going to do it because that's what God told me to do. I'm just going to serve no matter what. Even when things got completely out of hand, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to serve. Because he had something figured out, but I think a lot of us, and even me at times, we totally forget. There's something far greater than your circumstances. And you might be like, well, you don't understand. My marriage is pretty important, right? You don't understand. Raising my kids is pretty important. Uh, My job is pretty important. I get it. But I don't think you get it. Because Joseph had something figured out that I think we don't. That there's a promise that we don't really buy into. And it's the promise of what's coming. We get so caught up in what's going on right now that we totally forget about the promise that's coming. Because if you really bought into the promise that's coming, then... It wouldn't matter what happened in your life. You would be like, I'm just gonna serve God no matter what. You'd be like Job, when God took everything and you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, I'm just gonna serve the Lord. Right? I'm gonna give glory to the Lord no matter what. Because what else can you do when it's like that? What else, what else are you gonna do? You're just gonna back out and go back to the old you? I mean, that's just more fraudulent than, you know, a hypocritical Christian. You're either going to buy in or you're not. And so with Joseph, that's what he did. So in Genesis, I'm going to I'm just going to read short passages here uh, as we go through this, because I want you to think about what God's calling you to do with this uh, with this family or not this family life thing, but this everyone be and everyone bring. OK, so Genesis uh, chapter thirty seven. This is how this outline rolls out. Joseph starts with his parents and he's not just with his parents, but he's like dad's golden child. Right? In Genesis chapter 37 verse 3 and 4, it says, Now Israel, that's his dad, loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his uh, brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Joseph didn't choose to be the, the golden child. He was just living life. You know, and so whatever it is that you're going through in life, You know, maybe God's blessing you. You didn't choose that. Maybe he's not blessing you. Maybe you're really struggling with whatever you're going through in life. And you're like, this really is, this is hard. And I don't want to have to do this. And you didn't choose it. But you know what? Joseph didn't choose that either. But you know what he did? He just served. What did he do? He's taking care of dad's sheep. He's just doing the things. Because what else are you going to do? Are you going to be like, well, woe is me. Things aren't going like I thought they should. Why can't I just be like the rest of my brothers? Why can't I just be like the rest of the world? Why can't I just be like, you know, the, the other Christians who just show up every, every now and then and be half bought in, lay Odyssey in through and through? Why can't I just be like that? No. You know what he said? It really doesn't matter what lot I'm given in life. I'm just going to use what God has given me and I'm going to do something with it. I'm just going to serve. That's where he started. He started with his parents. What happens next? Fast forward to chapter uh, 37. Or, wait, that's where we were at. I'm sorry. 37 uh, verses 23 and 24. Here's what happens to him. We could spend weeks on this, but I don't have time. I'm really trying to tie this together. It says, And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brother and dad sent him to go check and see how his, his brothers were doing. This is uh, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and they cast him into a pit. And then the Bible says two things about that pit, which are really interesting if you do a study on it. But it says, and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Joseph didn't choose to be dad's favorite child. Joseph didn't choose to have things go well for him or, or bad for him. He's just simply serving. And what happens? The people that were closest to him hated him for it. You ever feel like when you really want to buy in the ministry and it's like your family just doesn't want to go with you? It's like, I really feel like this is what God's telling us to do. And you're like, man, my husband, he doesn't care. My wife, she's not really bought in. My kids, they don't want nothing to do with it. We've got all these other priorities. And they take him and they throw him into the pit, right? Because that was the second best option to killing him. Because that was the first thing that we're going to do. I'm like, we're just going to kill this guy. I don't, I don't like him. And the older brother, uh, Reuben, he's at least wise enough to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill him. You know, and I think Reuben actually had the right desires. He was going to save him and take him back to dad. But, well, it didn't work out for him. They threw him into the pit, and by the time he got back to him, he'd already been sold into slavery. But anyway, uh we'll get to that in a minute. So he's thrown into the pit. You might be thinking... I don't think I can do this. Just one thing that God's told me to do, right? Because when it when I do, things are going to get hard. And when things get hard, you know, it's empty. You ever feel like you go through a dry phase in the Word, where it's like I read, they sell me to read the Bible, but I don't really feel like I'm getting anything out of it. There's no water in this thing. They say that there's water in this book, but I'm not. I'm still pretty thirsty. Joseph was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to just going to serve. Just going to do it anyway, right? Where's the next thing you find him? He gets sold into slavery. Fast forward to chapter 39, verses 1 to 4. 39, 1 to 4, and it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt unto Potiphar. So he's pulled out of the pit, he's sold into slavery. This is what happens. An officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, the Egyptian, brought him into the hands of the Ishmaelites, uh, which brought him down thither. Uh, and the Lord was with Joseph. Well, that's interesting. If he's going to be faithful to the Lord, the Lord's going to be faithful to him. It says, The Lord was with him, and he was a prosperous man, and all that is uh and, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all that he did to prosper his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. That's interesting. He found grace and he still continued to serve. He didn't say, oh, yeah, I'm you know god 's blessing me, you should you know make me a leader, or you should make me this or you should make me that. he says i 'm going to serve you, uh, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put into his hand, basically, uh, he sold to this guy named Potiphar, and it didn 't take very long for Potiphar to realize hey. Um, Everything that this guy touches turns to gold. Like, everything he does seems to be working great. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless this guy. Yeah, he's still my quote unquote slave, but everything I've got is yours. Save my wife, Joseph. You just take it and you run with it. Because everything you do is getting blessed. So everything that I have is getting blessed. So yeah, all about it. Joseph didn't choose to get sold into slavery. He was probably doing okay, you know, as dad's golden child. You know, remember, they are God's chosen people. They are the ones who are going, God's going to use. But through all of this, Joseph could have been like, you know what? My life is just terrible. My circumstances, I can't serve God through that. I can't do it. Maybe when God shows up for me, then I'll show up for him. I've heard a lot of Christians say that with their life. They've never actually said it with their mouth. But, you know, I see a lot of people say it with the way they live. As soon as God shows up for me, I'll show up for him. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm telling you that, hey, God's telling us in the past point class that we're going to be what God tells us to be and we're going to bring whoever it is that God has convicted me about because because he's going to do something here. And you might be like, well, as soon as God does something for me, then I'll do that. Okay, well, that's a bad attitude to have and that's not what Joseph did. Joseph said, you know what? I'm a slave here. Don't know why. God must have a purpose in it. I'm just going to serve. Okay, what's the next thing that happens? Well, the one thing that Joseph wasn't supposed to have at Potiphar's house was his wife. His wife decides that she thinks Joseph's a really good looking dude and she wants to sleep with him. Fast forward through the whole story of how it went down. But basically, she accuses him of uh, raping her or something along those lines. And, uh, well, Potiphar's not super happy about it. Obviously, that's not what happened, but uh, that's what she accuses him of. He gets thrown into prison. Now he's no longer just a slave. Now he's in prison with no hope of ever getting out. It's not like you get put in prison today and you're like, well, hopefully after so many years I can get out. Uh, when you get put in prison in that culture, you're in prison until you die. Okay, so now he's really got to be thinking, God, you must really not want me to serve you, right? You must be thinking in your life, through whatever circumstance that is, uh, you must really not want me to be bought in. Because if you wanted me to be bought in, you would be helping me out. This is the opposite of helping me out. But that's not what happens. Joseph's like, well, I guess if I'm in prison, I'll serve God here, right? I guess if I'm in the dungeon, I'll serve God here. Fast forward to uh, chapter 39, verse 20 to 23. It says, uh, And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But... The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed unto Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison not looked to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. It didn't matter where this dude went. God was just pouring out blessing. And the entire time, Joseph could have been like, My circumstances don't allow me to serve you, God. Because if if you really wanted me to serve you, you'd make it easier for me. That's what we say. We say, if you really wanted me to work in the children's ministry, if you really wanted me to work in the sound booth or whatever it is that you feel like God's calling me, if you really wanted me to do that, you'd make the the stars align, right? And I would do that then. You would really, but you don't, that's not what's happening in my life, right? I've got real problems. I've got a real job, I've got a real family, and things are busy, and I can't do that. And I know you want me to be whatever it is you called me to be, but I can't really do that. And, well, that's funny because Joseph was in prison, and you know what he said? I guess I'll serve here. This is where God's got me. I'll just serve here. God had a purpose behind the whole thing, though, and that's what we're getting to. Because if you ever bail out when things get hard, you'll never see what God's real purpose for your life is. If Joseph at any point would have been like, you know what, I can't do it. I' just I just won't as soon as God you know lets up a little bit, then I will, but the fact that he didn't, he actually got to see what God was going to use him for, and this is where I really want to get to is the next place because what happens? Uh, he basically gets brought into the palace, he interprets some dreams for the butler and the baker uh, and basically uh when they get out. One of them gets killed, just like the dream said, and the other one goes back, and uh, then Pharaoh has some dreams. And then, you know, the butler's like, oh, yeah, shoot, I was supposed to remind you that there was a guy that could, you know, that needed to be out of prison. He doesn't really need to be there. Anyway, he comes up and he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, right? And so he gets pulled out of the prison, verse, uh, or he gets put in the palace. Chapter 41, verses 37 to 34. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, in the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man who uh, the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is uh, none so discreet and wise uh, as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in thy throne will I be greater than thee. In verse 41, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. He goes from his parents' house to just in the chosen child. He gets thrown into the pit for no reason. He gets sold into slavery for no reason. He ends up in the prison for no reason. And then for the same no reason, he's now basically the overseer of the most powerful nation in the world because he just chose to serve God. But even in that, because this is where most Christians would be like, Yes, I'm on board with that. God's blessing in my life? Sure. I'm all about it. And that's where a lot of Christians jump in. But... Joseph, he just stays level headed and he's just like, okay, well guess what I'm gonna do while I'm here? The same thing I did when I was in prison and I was in slavery. I'm just gonna serve. The same thing that God told me to do from the get-go. He said, be this and that's what I'm gonna be. I'm just going to serve. And that's what he does. He just serves because God had a bigger purpose for his life the entire time. So what happens? There's a famine in the land. And basically, remember his brothers that, you know, wanted to kill him and threw him in the pit? Well, it all comes full circle. They've got to go to Egypt because, well, there was a guy in Egypt that was able to interpret God's, uh, basically, uh, forecast of what was going to happen. And he says, hey, there's going to be some good years, but you better stockpile because there's going to be some bad years after that. Well, nobody knew that other than Pharaoh and Joseph. And so everyone from around was coming to Egypt because everybody was going to starve. There was a famine in the land. Well, it comes full circle. The brothers are coming to buy corn from Egypt. Well, guess what? Who's in charge of giving out corn to everybody? Pharaoh said, Joseph, you get to decide who gets what. So Joseph's sitting back, and guess who's coming to beg for food? It's his brothers that put him through all of this from the get-go. And this is at the point where a lot of times we would think, yeah, it's it's time. I'm going to really show them what's up, right? I'm going to really give them the what for. I'm going to really put them in their place. That's what we do as Christians. I mean, call it what it is. They're, they're getting what they deserve, right? We see some chastisement from the Lord on somebody's life, and we're like, yeah, God, you show them. If they would have just... Well, guess what happens? The best verse in the whole thing, Genesis 45, five. They come, Joseph has kind of hidden himself from them, and so basically it all boils down that Joseph can't contain himself anymore. Genesis 45, five says, Now therefore be not grieved, he's talking to his brothers, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. Don't forget, you put me here, for God did send me before you to preserve life. God put me here for such a time as this. God allowed me to go through all of those things that seemed like they really sucked. Sorry for I should that. They were really not good. God allowed me to go through all of that. It really wasn't you at all. You might feel like it was your fault, but God allowed me to do it. Why? Because He was growing me. He was refining me. And He had a bigger purpose for my life than you will ever realize. Because if it wasn't for me being obedient, all these people would have died. That's what it really boiled down to. Joseph realized that if it wasn't up for me being obedient to what God told me to do, these people would have starved to death. Now... If you're somebody who's actually tracking with what I'm saying, that's where it comes full circle. What is it that God's telling you to be? I don't know. And who is it that God's telling you to bring? I don't know. But if you're not going to be faithful like Joseph was, and realize that God has put you in this place for this reason, through these things for this reason, then you know what? Those people are going to starve to death. Whoever it is that God put in your mind, and you're like, hey, I really need to to reach out and, and actually try. You know what happens if you don't do it? They're going to starve to death. And it might not be a physical starvation, but man, it's going to be spiritual. And they're going to stand at the great white throne judgment and you're going to be like, man, why didn't you? And you're going to be like, oh man, I really was supposed to do something. Joseph says, you guys, I know that you put me here and I had to go through some really, really bad times in my life and through some really hard things, but you know what? God sent me here to preserve not only my life, but yours. Whatever it is that God's calling you to be this year or to bring this year, man, you better be obedient just like Joseph was because if not, you don't know the repercussions of what is down the road for your life and who it is that you actually are responsible for preserving. But it is, just like it says there, God is sending you before them to preserve life. If you think that I don't understand that life is hard, I can't really do that, I don't think you really understand what God can do through you. And yeah, you may have to go through a few things that are hard first to understand what it is, but that's God trying to grow you and mold you. Stop kicking against the pricks and just submit to what it is that God's asking you to be, right? I really think that there's a reason this whole thing slowed down today because with what God showed me this week and the way that that ties in, if you were somebody who was on the fence and was like, yeah, I get it. You got a vision, Jason, and and yeah, we need to do that. If you don't hold on to it, then, then you really, you're not gonna get it. And the people aren't gonna get it. But the way that this thing whole, comes full circle, you don't understand. God is sending you to preserve life. With whoever it is. Maybe it's multiple people. I don't know. And then the last two things, just in case you're wondering on the outline for Joseph's life, he ends up in a pine box just like everybody else. Right? You're no better than anybody else. You're gonna live and you're gonna die. It's really what kind of legacy you're gonna live. But then the last one, and I think this is the best one and I don't know why I never saw it until now, is because there's a promise there's a promise of the presence with the Lord, and if no matter what goes on in your life, if you can't hold to that promise, I mean you're going to struggle. But if you can hold to the fact that I know what's coming, it makes all the things not so hard, right? This year, everyone needs to be what God's called them to be. And everybody, you just need to bring whoever it is that God's calling you to bring. Because there's a lot of people out there who are loosely connected or not connected at all. And they are going to die and go to hell. And that's the reality of it. And you might be like, well, I don't really believe that. I don't care what you believe. That's what the Bible says. And now the responsibility is on you because now you know the truth. And now, to whom much is given, much is required. What are you going to do with that? That's what you have to ask yourself. What am I going to do with that? Because I'm tired of this half-in, half-out Christianity. Yeah, I want to be involved, but until it gets hard, and then I don't want to be. Guess what? You may end up in prison like Joseph did. Are you still going to serve? You may end up in slavery just like Joseph did. Are you still going to serve? Well, you don't. I'm just saying. You don't know what's coming. But if God's called you to be a servant, you better be ready to do it, no matter what. All right, I'm over time. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for just your word. And even an old passage that is um, just so uh, true Man, it really rings true with what you're calling us to do this year. I pray that you would uh, allow us to see that you are sending us to preserve life. And if we don't really uh, get in or get out, um, we're going to be left out. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, use us um, as you would, call us to be what you called us to be, and allow us to do what you called us to do. Um, Lord, whoever it is that you're telling us to reach out to, I pray that we would actually do it. just get them here. Get them in the doors and then see what God does. That's uh, just an amazing testimony of that this week of just getting somebody in the door and God saving people's souls. And uh, whatever You're calling us to be, Lord, just allow us to be that. Lord, I pray You just uh, send us out as lights in a dark world. Use Pastor Brian as he preaches to us this morning. In Christ's name, amen.